So how exactly has the financial system failed us? And what exactly are banks doing that they're not necessarily sharing with us? We're going to be discussing this and more with our special guest, Verinda Gupta, who is a powerhouse woman in fintech, and she is out there disrupting these streets and making sure that she bridges this gap. So let's go and get started. You are listening to Her Dinero Matters, the podcast helping Latinas have increased confidence and control over their finances. My name is Jen Hempel, and as an accredited financial counselor, my mission is to help you be more confident and simplify your finances so you can save more, get out of debt quicker, and build your wealth. As Latinas, you and I know that there are specific barriers that don't work with us, that work against us in our community. Now, we're not going to be diving into those specific barriers that really impact our community, but really it's more about how these barriers, how the system is not working for us as women, which naturally really goes into those other barriers. So there, there is a fit, right? I have brought the absolutely perfect person for this discussion. Verinda Gupta is a woman in fintech herself and the CEO and founder of Sequin. Now, she herself has encountered how this system has failed her. And just wait till you hear the full chisme in this episode to see how this impact her and why she is out here making sure that she makes change. She makes an impact on bridging those gaps that are existing at this moment that don't really work for us, but instead it works against us in different ways. My hopes that with today's conversation is that you get the knowledge, that you have a light bulb moment, that you really see how this conversation today, what we're talking about today, how your financial education, how knowledge is power, what it can do to really change and empower you with, with when you're using banks, when you're using, when you're applying for a credit card, when, when you're doing all those things, because again, the financial system, it hasn't been set up for us. It was, has been set up for the white male. That's who created the system right now, whether it was ill-intentioned or I'd honestly, I don't think it was ill-intentioned is just they were creating it. They weren't thinking <laughs> outside of who they needed to serve. Just they were just creating something. But anyways, that's for another conversation. But for now, let's focus on today's conversation and let's meet Verinda. Welcome, welcome, Verinda. I'm so thrilled to have you here. I know before we started recording, I really took a moment just to congratulate you and what you're doing because what you're doing is just a huge undertaking and I really applaud you with that. So congrats again. And we always start off on this podcast by learning about you. So if you could just take us back to a moment in time, it could be when you were a little girl or maybe just later on in life where you had an experience, whether you heard something or again, and experience that really impacted you, how you view and perceive money even to this day. So take us back. 
Absolutely. And thank you so much, Jen, for having me. I'm so looking forward to this conversation. And I love the question that you started with because attitudes towards money do start when you're really young. And so for me personally, my family and I are first generation immigrants from India. And, you know, one of the pieces that I always noticed was my mom was really afraid of the U.S. financial system. However, that woman is a feisty immigrant mother, and I'm sure so many of us here can relate. And, you know, it was the one time where I really felt she did not feel in control. She did not feel empowered. And she really deferred to my dad for big financial decisions. And, you know, I recall, you know, she'd be talking to customer service representatives and you would not want to be on the other side of that conversation. But the second that it would be anything banking related, my mom would just give the phone to my dad and my dad would end up making these, you know, important decisions for our family. And so, Early on, I started associating money with power, and I realized that having an education around money and feeling confident around money and finances really is something that is so important in terms of equality and was one of the reasons why I wanted to work in financial services myself when I got my first job was to really empower myself and ultimately empower my mom and the other you know women around me. Love it. And how did you get so how did that because you saw your mom the say I've seen the same thing in my household, my mom, my dad had all has always took care of the fin <laughs> finances, because yeah. when it comes to calling the bank or doing those things, my mama's like, Nope, <laughs> you can do yeah. it. But so you saw your dad taking charge of those conversations or taking charge of those roles. How did that have an impact on you creating your company you sequin today? Or did it? Or was there any influence? If so, like, tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned, um, you know, watching my mom really struggle, it was something that both my mom and dad told me that, especially as an immigrant, understanding the U.S. financial system is so important because it is complex and it is, you know, different from financial systems in other countries. And so my first job that I got after I graduated from college was actually at Visa. And I wanted to understand how the financial system worked and I wanted to feel empowered. And I worked at Visa for almost five years as a product manager. I was building popular credit cards. I built a very uh, high-end one called the Chase Sapphire Reserve. And when I went to apply for the credit card that I helped build, I got rejected. And you know, it was this moment where everything kind of came tumbling down on me where the reason I wanted to work in financial services was to feel empowered and was to break this kind of generational money trauma, especially as it related to the women in our family. And the fact that I had been left out of the product that I helped create, it made me think so much about, okay, one, I have not made as much progress as I thought that I had. But second, um, you know, if this was happening to me, then what was happening to so many other people around me, especially women, especially minorities? And that led me to an entire exploration of who the financial system was built for and who it wasn't built for. And ultimately the spoiler here is, you know, women and minorities could be actively rejected from bank accounts, from credit cards, from business loans up until the seventies without a male co-signer, which, 
you know, isn't recent, is, it's not so long. That is recent history. And still today, there are so many of these gaps. So ultimately, that is what led me to say, well, women and minorities are going everywhere in this world, right? And we are striving for equality in so many different ways. Yet the financial system is really a place where there are these big gaps. And I felt that was wrong. And I also felt it was something that I could perhaps change you know, in a big way. So that is what ultimately inspired me to found the company Sequin. Love it. Now with you talk about these big gaps, can we go into detail? What are the gaps that you saw? Or the, you know, the gaps, the, the barriers, and what can we do about them? Because even though we've probably the person listening right now may have experienced this, but didn't know that this was the, you know, this was a barrier or really just maybe just felt defeated for one reason or another, but didn't know that this particular barrier or this gap was an issue and being whether rejected for the credit card or whatever it may be. So if you could go into a little bit of detail into what these gaps are, what, what the barriers. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this started off with me coming to this realization that the financial world was not designed to center women and minorities actively. But when I looked at what the impacts were today, it just went so much deeper than I even could have imagined when I first started on this journey. So the first piece of information that I learned is financial education gaps and how those start really early. So one of the stats that I saw was that little girls are half as likely to receive a lesson on credit and finances by the time we reach high school than little boys are. And that means that that gap starts so early, right? And the way that parents are talking to us about finances and the way that society is talking to us about finances. I think we all know that, you know, financial wellness is not really taught in school. So if you're not learning that in school, you're not learning that with your family. And so much of that is generational as well. Do your, do your parents have that knowledge to pass on to you? Unfortunately, as minorities, that is much less likely. So the financial education gaps start really early right? So that's one piece. The second piece is after you graduate and as you start even with your first bank account, those gaps start really early and that women and minorities are more likely to make avoidable financial mistakes when it comes even to your first bank account. And so some of those are paying more in avoidable fees, think overdraft fees, late fees, various penalties. We see that women pay 18% more in avoidable banking fees a year as compared to men. And so that's where, you know, it all starts in addition to the gender wage gap and the fact that our lives cost us more, right? So that's kind of the second piece. And that inequity in terms of just banking fees never really closes as well. So as you look at credit, for example, women are more likely also to make avoidable credit mistakes that are affecting our credit scores. So one is just paying the minimum payment on a credit card. That means that you are carrying high interest debt and women are more likely to carry that. Also in terms of our credit scores, right? The different factors that go into our credit, women many times will have higher credit utilizations. 
And that will affect our credit scores negatively, even if we are making payments at the end of the month in full. The last thing I'll mention here is with mortgages as well. Women are paying more for mortgages, even though we are more likely to pay back on time. We're better borrowers. And so there are so many of these gaps that start because of education, but also in terms of how the financial system is built. It's not really designed to take into account the fact that there is a gender wage gap. There is an information gap. There are you know different factors where our lives are costing more, and that might mean that we're behaving with financial instruments differently. So that's kind of on the financial piece. And then the third is just in terms of financial anxiety and financial confidence. Those gaps just don't really close. And we see women having greater financial anxiety, which makes sense, right? Because even though we might not be in charge of the financial decisions, we are many times in charge of household expenses. And, you know, we have different factors that we're caring for families and we're likely to be caretakers, et cetera. And so there are different ways that we are looking at our financial lives and that we need to look at it. But that does, you know, lead to more stress. And, you know, banks aren't helping their advertising more to men than they are to women. So we're not having these conversations. So yeah, you know, as I went through this, I'm not sure the best analogy, but it just felt like I kept on uncovering more and more and more. And it was just the financial system not designed with women in mind was the tip of the iceberg. And then there was just so much more. And we know that by making you know, it illegal to discriminate based off gender or other factors. That doesn't mean that the problems right. are solved. So still today, there are, you know, so many of these gaps. So with Sequin, what, how is Sequin addressing these gaps? Because I've heard, I, I heard that some of the gaps are in education. And when you buy a house, you are paying more for a house in uh, the credit score and, and things of that sort. And also one that I hear a lot about of is paying just the minimum on the credit card. And I think that's partially I've heard and, and I can't I only have a little bit of evidence. I can't say I have done a full-blown scientific research on this, but I have heard time and time again in workshops that I have taught or clients that I, or people that I have served that the bank, they go to a bank and maybe they're trying to build up their credit score. And the and granted, I think this is also not that the bank is on purpose doing this, but I think maybe it's also a lack of education on that person that is assisting the consumer where the bank is telling them, okay, we can, we can help you open up this credit card and to build your credit score, just charge it monthly, charge something monthly and pay the minimum, <laughs> which yeah, you can build your credit score that way, but at a cost, right? You don't, you would rather build your, you'd, I would rather someone build their credit score without paying <laughs> extra, especially in interest. But anyways, all that, I, I, got, I got sidetracked there. So what is, with all these different gaps that you uh, mentioned, how is Sequin addressing that? Because of course, Sequin, your mission is really to uh, have banking, if I could use that word, because I know you're not a, officially a bank, and you can describe that in a minute, but how is Sequin addressing that? So addressing these gaps to serve women better. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one of the pieces that I felt first felt personally, but then after talking to thousands of women have now realized that this is, you know, a huge issue is there's not a great solution on the market where you're both educating someone on three pillars, right? Money, credit, and wealth, and also giving them the tools to take the actions that you're recommending. 
And what ends up happening is, first of all, we know that there are all these financial information gaps. And so it's hard to tell, okay, what is credible? What's not? What's good for my situation personally? So there's that piece. And then the other piece is, yes, there are a bunch of different financial tools out there, but there are gotchas, right? To your point about, okay, maybe you could be building credit this way, but how much are you paying in credit card interest in order to you know, achieve that goal? And is that the best way to do that? And so what is really beautiful about how we've built Sequin is we essentially offer a membership and we call it the Women's Sequin Women's Finance Club membership. And when you come in, it unlocks three different things. The first piece is our nine-step money program where we go through money, credit, and wealth. And we actually teach you, okay, what do you need to know and in what order, right? And the the questions I get a lot are, you know, should I be paying off my credit card debt or should I be investing? Or should I have an emergency fund or should I, you know, pay off some of the credit card debt. There are questions about order. There are questions about what things mean. What are the 101s? And then actually, what is good for you and your state? So in our money program, we actually go through what you need to know in nine steps in order to have all of your bases covered. So that's one piece. The second piece, which is really great, are our financial tools. So we have amazing tools that help you take action against each of the kind of educational pieces that we're recommending in our money program. So the first one is our high interest checking. And essentially, you can use Sequin as your banking and you can calculate your emergency fund and grow your emergency fund in Sequin. You can actually connect your direct deposit to Sequin and have that grow at high interest. One of the dirty secrets that your bank doesn't want you to know is that they might be offering you point. 0.01% in interest on your money, but they are making so much more lending that money out and they're only giving you 0.01% back, not 1%, 0.01% and they're pocketing the rest. So at Sequin, we give you all of the interest back that we earn on your money. We believe that's yours and that grows your money so much faster without it having to be locked away anywhere. So we'll give you access to tools like high interest checking. It doesn't really exist on the market. There are some places, but it's more gate kept. You have to jump through hoops to get it. We also have a bunch of amazing credit tools to help you build credit, to pay off debt. We have you know, a bunch of just financial resources that you can actually take action on the kind of guidance that you have. And there's no gotchas. We don't have, you know, okay, we're going to pay you an overdraft. We don't even allow you to overdraft on Sequin. So there's no gotchas once you're in. And we just want it to feel really kind of safe and supportive and that you are making the right financial decisions for you. And then the, the third part, that I really love is the guidance and the community. And so you can kind of DIY a lot of this in Sequin, but if you do want that accountability, which I know I definitely need personally, <laughs> we do a lot of workshops around each of our money, credit, wealth topics. You're able to plug into the community. You can do money therapy sessions and all of these things are available in our membership. 
And the reason that we built it this way, Jen, was twofold. The first was thinking about your question, right? What is different for women and how are we actually addressing this? There's not a place where you can really get the combination of that guidance, know that it's credible, get that education, and then actually have the tools to take those actions and stay accountable. But the second piece is that we really pride ourselves on listening and truly designing this with women in mind, with minorities in mind. And so we are constantly talking to our members, getting feedback. And that's the way that we've built so many of our tools and that, you know, people are saying, I just wish I had this. Why doesn't this exist? And we say, okay, yeah, we can build that for you. And so this truly is kind of a community driven by women for women, but really all genders welcome. Love it. So it's definitely, it's definitely very different from what we considered a traditional bank. And as I mentioned earlier, when I was reading about Sequin, it's not a bank, but rather it's a fintech company. So I'm curious to know, and this is just me, how, you know, so when you went this route, is there a reason why you went this route? I presume create, you know, building a bank (laughs) from the bottom up uh, needs, I don't know, a lot of capital. I have, you know, I don't know. I've never even Googled, you know, how can you just build your own bank? (laughs) But what is, you know, and then maybe there's also some guidelines and laws in place that you have to follow. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to know why you went through this structure versus becoming a traditional bank, but offering what you offer. Does that make sense? Again, educate yes, me because does. I have no clue about yes. what it is to become a bank. <laughs> Absolutely. No, this is such a great question and I really appreciate the nuance. So yeah, um, Sequin is a fintech company and we work with a banking partner. So the banking partner, that is where when you open a Sequin high interest checking account, your funds, your deposits are going to be in a bank account that is posted by our banking partner. And the reason that we have the money in, you know, that we partner with this bank is that your funds are FDIC insured, they're safe with the bank, and just a lot more secure of a structure versus us kind of holding those deposits. So by partnering with the bank, it allows us to one, make sure your monies are your money is safe with an official bank, right? They have a bank charter, they are regulated by you know legal bodies. Uh, so make sure your money's safe. And on the other side of it, Some of the challenges with being a bank are because there are so many different regulations and things that you need to do, a lot of your energy and your efforts become kind of working around what, you know, making sure you have your charters active, et cetera, and and you can't be necessarily as flexible or as innovative. And so for us, when we say, okay, you can put your money with Sequin, it can grow in a high interest checking account, that high interest checking account is all secured by the banking partner. And then all of the rest of the great resources that we're able to offer, which is, you know, the education and the guidance and the variety of tools, those are not affiliated with the banking partner. Those are all Sequin offerings. So we're able to be a lot more nimble, a lot more agile, build very quickly. So we're able to be innovative where we want to be with you. And we're able to keep your money safe and secure by working with the banking partner. So that's kind of some of the trade-offs there, but we really love being a fintech because that's how we can be creative where it matters, but also safe 
uh, by partnering. So what I'm hearing is that you've went this way, just, I mean, of course, there's a lot of regulations, as you mentioned, which I imagine there was some, you know, laws and things. And so that way you avoid, well, you're not avoiding because you're not, you're not a bank, but basically you don't have to deal with these regulations and rather you're able to really focus and put your time and energy where you really want to, which is serving your audience, your women. That's what I'm hearing, right? Exactly. Yeah. So they can, our banking partner deals with all of the regulations. So your money is safe and they can handle all of that. And then we're able to innovate, you know, where we would like to innovate that doesn't have to do with, you know, keeping your money safe and more giving you the insights and the guidance, et cetera. Wonderful. Now you mentioned some, one thing about banks, when you have a checking account, you have a very, you know, they give you a very low interest rate. And of course, how banks make their money is taking your money and lending it to either you or other people and and charging interest on that and keeping that interest. So what are some other things that maybe uh, we don't know about banks or something that banks don't uh, don't necessarily just get on a TikTok and tell you, you didn't know this about us? (laughs) Is there anything else besides what I just shared? Absolutely. I mean, I'm like, where do I start? <laughs> but um, so I, I will say this in the spirit of keeping it succinct, and there is so much more. But what I want to tell everyone is that if you are not paying for a product, you're the product, right? And, you know, so many of us say, okay, well, there are free checking accounts. So, you know, that's great. I'll, I'll go there. And what I like to just alert people of is first of all, they aren't free, right? There are a lot of hidden fees. There are a lot of requirements. And it's really important that you educate yourself on this free thing that I'm opening. What is the catch, right? There's nothing free in this world. So looking at what are some of those fees, right? Is it overdraft? Is it late fees? Even if you're not paying some of those fees, are you making enough on interest, right? As you mentioned, Jen, the way that banks are making money is that they're taking your money, they're keeping it, they're lending it out at really high interest rates, and then they're keeping what is called the spread, which is basically the difference between the amount of money that they make by you know lending it out, what they earn, and then what they have to pay you, which is very minimal, and they've decided to give you back something very minimal. So just making sure that you understand what are the criteria for keeping this bank account. Are there minimums, right? And and that's fine. It's just knowing, making educated decisions, because what breaks my heart every time I hear it, and I hear it so often, is I just didn't know. And I've paid now hundreds of dollars in these fees. I paid thousands of dollars in these fees. And it's just so important to be asking the right questions, reading the fine print and understanding what you are signing up for. And these financial tools are really critical in terms of achieving our financial goals, but also with great power is great responsibility, right? And so even with the credit card, for example, great way to build credit, great way to utilize rewards. But I always say, if you are paying interest on a credit card, you are never going to be making more in credit card rewards versus the interest that you're paying. You're not going to be building your credit effectively. So really be thinking about how are you utilizing these tools? Is this tool right for you? What might be right for the next person or that billboard that you see or that celebrity marketing this product that might not actually be the right fit for you? 
And what do you hope to, and I, I have an idea, but because you've kind of talked about it and alluded to it, but what do you hope to change in the financial system for women and minorities? And also on top of that, what have you seen change already since you started this back in 2019? Yeah, I love this question. My hope for the entire financial services industry is one, transparency. I really do believe that you can do good or do well by doing good. And, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, a hidden fee, which is how you're making money, right? And so one of the ways that our sequin membership works, for example, is you pay for the membership and then there's no gotchas. When you're in, you have access to all of these amazing resources. And, you know, how I felt about that was I really appreciated the transparency where if I know that I'm paying for something, I'm able to budget for it. I also know that I'm expecting a certain amount of value back at least. And so I think the transparency piece is something that I hope for in the industry. And I think we're making some moves, but there's still a lot, uh, a lot to be desired, right? I think we've all heard about some of the big banks in the news and some of the things that they're doing. And, you know, it's, it's, pretty surprising the things that, you know, have been, you know, getting away with over the last few years. So I think there is a little bit more uh, attention on that. I think the second kind of piece that I hope for women, for minorities is just feeling financially confident and knowing that how to use these tools, understanding the system, understanding how to make it work for you and just leveling the playing field in that way, right? Because understanding how money works, understanding how credit works, understanding how wealth works, that's how you actually build generational wealth in this country. And, and it's really important to understand that. That's the second piece. In terms of your question, Jen, about what's changed since, you know, I first had the concept of sequin years ago, I think, you know, a lot has happened, right? In the last few years, um, the pandemic, of course, and the outsized impact that that had on women and minorities. Also, you know, so much of a talk of, are we going into a recession, inflation being at all time highs? I mean, this is a, it's a really tough market right now. And so I think there is a lot more appetite, especially with women and with minorities thinking about our financial lives, right? And wanting to be equipped with credible financial information and wanting and demanding transparency from the tools and really making sure that you are in control of your financial life. And all of that also coincides with some good news, right? That women and minorities are getting educated at greater rates than ever. And we're in the workforce at greater rates than ever. And we're making more money than, you know, than ever, which is so amazing. And so I think it's just bridging that gap between, okay, now that you have money, how are you managing that? Do you have your basics covered? Do you know what you need to do? And are you confident that you're able to be building wealth in the generational way that so many of us are, you know, working towards every Love day? It. And to wrap it up, what would you say, because this has been a huge undertaking, and what would you say you are most proud of when it comes to Sequin and what you have accomplished so far? You know, Jen, you mentioned this at the beginning of the call, and building a fintech is very, very challenging. For women, too. It is heavily <laughs> 
It, I mean, especially, right? You know, as I look around, I haven't seen any other fintech that's focused on women's money, credit, and wealth, and that's actually offering a banking product. And this actually is, you know, a huge movement for the first time in US history. We are, you know, designing truly with women and with minorities in mind. And so I think the piece that I feel really proud of is how honest we've been to our mission in that we genuinely listen to every single one of our members. I'm constantly on calls with our members. My teammates are constantly talking to our sequin members as well and truly saying, okay, give us feedback on how our product is working. And also, what do you want to see? And truly kind of co-creating the future future of financial services with women's voices and with minorities' voices, because the financial system as we know it today was designed actively to leave those voices out. And what we see is when we design products with women and with minorities in mind, they work better for everyone as well. And so we've really loved everything that we've built. And it truly has been because we've just genuinely had our ears open and just got feedback and listened. So I feel really proud of, you know, even in challenging decisions, especially when it comes to business decisions, whenever it came down to, you know, should we take the easy path and just go this way? Or should we listen to our members and their needs and what's kind of in their best interest? We've always taken that road. And that's something I feel really, really well, I applaud of. that because just even listening, it allows you to serve, serve them better because that's who you, who's your serving, who you are serving. So why wouldn't you go and ask them? <laughs> It just is the most common sense. <laughs> so I'm glad you you taken that approach. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us. Again, I applaud you, especially being a woman uh, of color in fintech and garnering the financial backing that you've garnered. I applaud you. Thank you so much uh, for being here and for what you're doing for women in the financial services space. Thank you so much, Jan, and thank you for inviting me here and for this amazing community that you've built. It's it's really amazing to even see these kind of conversations happening. So I so appreciate it, and I appreciate you. What did you think of this conversation? My hopes is that it gave you more knowledge because knowledge is power. And with power, we're able to better maneuver the system that's not necessarily created for us. And even though it's not created for us, we can maneuver it in a way that we can come out ahead. Yes, it's going to take a little work, but it's possible. I encourage you to learn more about what Verinda is doing with Sequin. I'll be sure to put a link in the show notes. Next week, we're going to meet Maida Garcia. She is a fellow podcaster and the voice behind Debt-Free Latina. We're going to be talking about the debt-free lifestyle as well as parenting our own kids as financial educators. It's a great conversation and you don't want to miss that one. Bueno, pues, that is everything. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. You can check out the show notes over at jenhemphill.com forward slash 386. That is jenhemphill.com forward slash 386. Another benefit of the show notes of checking out the show notes is that if you really enjoyed today's content in this conversation, there's going to be links of other similar episodes. So make sure to check that out. Remember that being the reina starts now simply by claiming it. I believe in you and so should you. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Chao.